on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Hello, everybody. I'm Andre Salveson. Welcome to another edition of the Full Court Press here on a, uh, a day that we will never forget. Uh, September 11th. We all, I think anyone who is alive remembers, anyone who has uh, been to school uh, since, since 2001 uh, remembers. Um, yeah, September 11th. It's... I uh, I'll, I'll do a little opening monologue here in just a sec, uh, but uh, we we got a lot to come up on our show today. Uh, Team USA is ousted out of the FIBA World Cup tournament by France. Uh, Rudy Gobert was absolutely tremendous throughout the uh, entire game: twenty-one points, sixteen rebounds, and three blocks, including a key one on his own boy Donovan Mitchell. Uh, one I'm sure that Donovan will be hearing about for. Years. For weeks and months to come throughout the Utah Jazz season. Uh, we'll also get you our movie quiz. It's my turn. We'll also talk about the Antonio Brown saga. We thought we were done with it. And then allegations, serious allegations came out. Whether those are true or not are yet to be determined. Um, Brown and his agent have, of course, um, vehemently denied those allegations that they are even true. Uh, he was at practice today. We'll uh, we'll get into the audio. We'll dive into the audio of uh, what Bill Belichick had to say about that in his press conference, which was not very long, and we'll tell you why. Uh, we'll also uh, we uh, we'll get into um, a ton more. We all, by the way, we do have audio from the FIBA tournament, both from Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, so you'll hear from that uh, and uh, much, much, much more. We'll also get you a little bit of in the know on Utah State as they are uh, resting on their bye week and. Uh, We'll prepare for the San Diego State Aztecs next Saturday night, uh, 7.30 start Mountain Time, 8.30 Pacific. Uh, you know, I remember um, when when 9-11 was, became 9-11. I remember where I was, which I'm sure many of you, if not all of you, do as well. Uh, I was uh, actually in uh, our football coach's office, Art Erickson, it was his office, and we were we were going through film of Box Elder, uh, getting ready for a game that was at Box Elder, and uh, and then we would the bell had rung, and so this was just before school started, and the bell had rung, so we were all getting ready to go to class, and he he flicks on the TV, and you see this plane go into this tower, and I thought it was a movie, and so did many others except for one guy, uh, and that was our defensive coordinator George Zimmerman. He said, "No, wait a minute, that's." He goes and he and he points out and he calls out the kind of plane that it is and he says that's and then uh, he says oh my gosh that's real um and and everyone kind of just stood still and watched this thing uh and then not too long later of course um a second uh, uh second plane uh, strikes the south tower um and when I walked out of coach's office uh and remember at this time I'm uh, 15, I believe, 14, uh, I guess almost 15, if not by then, um, but I remember walking in the hallway, and I was, I was naive, I didn't understand what happened, I had no idea what had just taken place, um, at 14, or I mean, 15 years old, it's, 
I mean, you see it, but you don't understand the significance of it. I didn't know what a terrorist attack was. I mean, I I can barely, I mean, I was 10 years old when this happened. I can barely, uh, you know, recollect the thoughts of the Oklahoma City bombing. Um, and so I, I was stunned. I remember I walked out of coach's office, and I didn't say anything. My head was down. I was walking. And I it wasn't like I was, um, I don't know. It wasn't that I was stunned from the event that happened. I was stunned by the way I felt. I just knew something was wrong. That's all I knew. Uh, and then we sat in class, and um, and uh, I remember our teacher just, you know, took you know took about a f- ten or fifteen good minutes, and, and credit to our teacher, uh, but took about ten or fifteen good minutes to to just talk to us about what was going on. Um, and so I, and that's when it all kind of hit me, that thousands of uh, of lives were taken. Because of these, this, this group that had this um, agenda, and um, you know, of course, there's a um, there's a third plane that also uh, that that crashed, uh, saving it from uh, you know going. I believe it was uh, going for the um, the White House, and um, obviously uh, some some people, passengers on the plane. Uh, steered that plane awry and uh, and hit ground and and killed everybody who was on that plane as well. Um, I and I've read a ton of stories today. Uh, I've read you know tributes and and listened to tributes and such. And it, it will never, I it will never do it justice about. I mean, just the tribute itself. I mean, as as good as they are, um, it won't do it justice to to say enough um, that. Not only one do we, you know, we mourn the lives that were lost, but two, uh, we thank those who have served our country uh, in the aftermath of it all, who went and, and sacrificed their life, uh, whether they were able to come back to their families or not. Uh, we thank them as well. Um, I know this is this is really raw, and it doesn't sound great probably to you, but I'm just kind of, you know, I'm going off a raw feeling. I didn't want to write a script to it because that would have been, that just wouldn't have been right. I feel like if I say something and if I'm going to talk about something as, as, as reverent as the people who lost their lives um, in, in, in such a tragic way, then it, it should be you know from, from my heart, not from my brain and writing it on script. So in, in saying that, um, to those who have lost someone who did lose someone in that yeah, on that sorrowful day, uh, my heart and condolences go out to you still to this day. To those who have had, who have fought uh, for our country at war, um, are fighting or are preparing to do so. Um, from my bottom of my heart to you, I say thank you because there's no way I can come into the studio and do this show without your your willingness to serve our country. There's absolutely, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry, there's no way I could be able to do what I'm doing without you guys giving your life for us. And so uh, I I thank you so very, very, very much. Um, and every time I see these these tributes of the soldiers coming home, I, I, I cry every time. I'm not a, I'm an emotional guy, 
but I, I cry every time I see it. And every time I listen to these tributes and songs, I see the videos, I cry. Um, basically, I just can't imagine. Um, I don't have the courage to serve in war. I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a brave soul like like those are who who went out and fought for our country. And and um, I didn't lose anybody or loved ones in that on that tragic day on 9/11. I didn't lose anybody that I at least that I knew of. Um, that was personal to me, family, friends, such. Uh, but but many 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 others did. Husbands, wives, mothers, friends, daughters, grandmas, grandpas, sons, uncles, aunts, uh, close friends. Uh, the the list goes on, and uh, I I just can't imagine what it was like for you guys. And so, um, again, uh, I just I want to tell you that I'm sorry that it happened, um, but uh, but that we will never forget. Ever, ever, ever forget. In fact, I, you know, it's just the way it was. You guys, um, you know, this this country came together. Think about that. Eighteen years ago, how close this country was after that terrible incident. Uh, it, I mean, it brought all of us closer, um, at least for a short amount of time, um, when people really needed it. And that that says a lot about uh, the United States of America, if anything. So uh, we'll take a commercial break. Um, and then we'll come back and I'll reset myself and, and uh, <clears throat> get myself back into action here. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk some sports. Uh, obviously, this whole, this whole Antonio Brown saga um, uh, is, uh, is, is going on. And so we'll, we'll get into that more uh, here uh, on September 11th. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Audrey Salveson back here in studio on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, the fan, 4.14 PM is your time. Uh, again, we're taking the time to remember those who have uh, gave their lives for uh, our country and those who lost their lives on this uh, tragic day uh, 18 years ago. That's crazy. 18 years ago. My gosh. Uh... This whole Antonio Brown saga, we you know we talked about it yesterday, and I kind of thought, I mean, our listeners got to be sick of like hearing about Antonio Brown, right? But it, it, it it's just been such one of the craziest stories in recent history in the NFL, in um, in in the fact that like I've never seen a player do what he's done. Uh, after being traded to a team and then getting his way off that team in probably the most, I don't know, it was it was just, it made him look like a clown, to be honest with you. And then when he finally did, he then arrives in uh, arrives in, in, in New England. But, of course, things get worse. Um, where, well, I guess it get worse for maybe New England, but especially for Tony Brown and Antonio Brown, who is now facing a civil lawsuit in the Southern District of Florida, of uh, his former trainer accusing him of sexually assaulting her on three different occasions, um, and and 
with that, uh, of course, Antonio Brown and his agent Drew have, have vehemently denied this. Um, and and are uh, pleading their innocence. Uh, on the other side, for New England, they, they had their press conferences today. Tom Bray was asked about it, asked if he had any comment, and he said no, and they said nothing. And Tom said, I, didn't I just answer that question? Uh, he then uh, had said to another reporter, look, I don't, I don't involve my, um, myself into things that don't involve me. And in this regard, if I can involve him, Bill Belichick had his press conference today. He talked about, in his opening statement, he talked about the Dolphins. And he uh, talked about uh, just, I mean, having to, you know, with the familiarity between the both teams. And then he went on to talk, uh, of course, about Antonio Brown. And uh, this is... <laughs> this is what he said, and then after which, uh, this is how the press conference went. On Antonio's situation, uh, both Antonio and his uh, representatives have uh, made statements, and so um, I'm not going to be expanding on any of those. Uh, they are what they are. Um, we've looked into the situation. We're taking it very seriously um, all the way through the organization. Um, I'm sure, there are questions, but... Um, I'm not going to be entering into a discussion about that today. So, so Rob, can you, Bill, are you aware of the lawsuit when you signed Antonio Brown? I'm not going to be expanding on the statements that have already been given. Don't you think the fans deserve to hear a little more from you on well, we know more, we'll say more. That, you know, could impact the team? Yeah, I just said that. Don't you think fans deserve to hear a little bit more? Well, we know more, we'll say more. Are you preparing to have Antonio Brown practice today? Yes. And are you preparing for him to play on Sunday? We're taking it one day at a time. Are you Just like we always do. Are you preparing for the possibility uh, that he could be on the commissioner's we're preparing for We're preparing for one day at a time. How much weight would the allegations against him weigh into whether or not you play him on Sunday? Yeah. I appreciate all the questions, and that's what's been said has been said. You, know, you brought up Randy Moss yesterday. Do you think that Antonio Brown will require as much attention as Moss did to get him in sync with the team? Yeah, I didn't say that. I'm asking you. Yeah, I don't know. You don't know if he'll require more attention? No. How difficult or frustrating is it to have a distraction like this right at the beginning of the season when you're... Yeah, we're, we're, getting, we're working on Miami. We're working on Miami. The rest of it is... It's, we're on Miami. You've had bigger distractions before. Are you confident that this is not going to throw you off track at all? We're working on Miami. Went through the scouting report, went through the game plan today. We're going to practice for Miami. Can you tell us at all what Antonio Brown has said to you? Yeah, I mean, I'm done with that. Okay. Anything else on Miami? Any other questions? Can you explain what you mean when you're done with it? I mean, we're just trying to find out if he said anything to you about his position and about the allegations. Yeah, and I just answered that question. Well, actually, you did. Actually, I did. Thanks, everyone. Okay. Okay. There's so many thoughts that go into this. Eric Franson now joins me in studio here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Uh, By the way, I have a loyal listener. Can I just give a quick shout-out to Patrick Bentley, who is a former uh, uh, server, I guess, serviceman, uh, USMC corporal, 
very, very good man, by the way. Very, very good man. He uh, just texted me a nice message, and uh, I want to tell him uh, thank you for his service and that uh, we, we definitely appreciate him, and personally, I love the man. Uh, to, to, to This whole, like, Antonio Brown saga, I mean, it just, as a Patriots fan, we, have, we never, ever, ever, ever have a normal offseason. Like, February, or excuse me, like, September through February is great because we... We go through, we steamroll through a bunch of teams, win the Super Bowl, and then the off-seasons where all the hell breaks loose. And that's the case here. Uh, two things. One, he already put out a statement by via letter to Senalo Media about the situation. They can't comment on it because it's an ongoing investigation, which means Coach Belichick can't be out there and be like, yeah, so we think this and this and this and this and this and this. No, they, they can't say anything. Uh, and he's not going to comment, and so that's why the statement came out. And then, the, so the media guy asking, "Well, do the fans want to?" Yeah, they want to know, but they need to know from Antonio's mouth or from the court's mouth or whoever it's going to be, not from Bill Belichick's mouth. Secondly, uh, the whole thing of like pressing him of, "Well, uh, did you talk to him?" And he's like, "Like, well, I'm not going to talk about it." And then he says, "Well, I answer the question that I'm not going to talk about it." Um, it's, it's just amazing to me. And, and, and I'm not saying this because I'm a, a Patriots diehard loving guy. I'm saying it because the media sometimes just sucks at their job, especially in Boston. Boston, it's really bad. And this is a very, and by the way, I looked through 18 years of press conferences from Bill Belichick. This is the shortest one since 2000. I don't know what before that, if he had a short one, but since 2000 of doing press conferences, Four minutes and 40 seconds is the shortest one. So, when I heard about this, my first thought was... <laughs> Your look is like, I've got a billion things here, man. <laughs> my first thought was, shouldn't the Boston area media know better by now? Bill Belichick doesn't say anything. and As hard as they try, try as they might, to get him to say something more than what he always says. How long have they been trying this? I mean, years. He gives the short answers. Boring, flat voice. No detail. No emotion. What makes them think he's going to say anything different today? So, yeah, I agree with you that that Boston media should be... <laughs> Just take a back seat. Look, he got, he's not going to say anything. But on the other hand, I understand what they're doing and how they're trying to do their job. They're trying to get him to go on record as saying anything about this. It's clearly a story. And now it's his problem because Antonio Brown is now a patriot. So I get what they're trying to do. Like, look, this is... You got this guy that had a clown who just was a circus in Oakland, and now he's bringing his big tent and all of his clowns in a clown car to to your place. We just can you say anything? And he won't. Yeah, and he doesn't, and he never will. Yeah, but at the same time, that's part of the shtick, if you will, about what's going on there in Boston is that you can illustrate all the different times in different ways you tried to get him to say something and all the different ways that he said no. <laughs> I mean, that's Bill Belichick. 
So I, I get what the media is trying to do. I think they're going maybe a little over the top here. It's, it is ridiculous that through that, hardly anybody asked him anything about Miami. Of course, Miami stinks. And there's not like there's a lot there with the Dolphins. But it is disappointing that nobody took the time to at least it's, here's your chance to talk to the coach about this week's opponent. Nobody did that. Yeah, nobody, nobody did that. Nobody. What's today, Wednesday? So they'll hear from him, I think it's tomorrow. He's got a conference call with Miami later. Actually, I think that conference call is taking place right now. And then I think he has one more press conference either tomorrow or Friday, and that's it. And I think the same thing's going to happen in regards of, I mean, this is based from Stacey James, the PR. This is how much I know Patriots football. I know the first and last name of the media relations director. Uh, but Stacey James will probably go out there and say, look, any questions on Antonio Brown, this this press conference is over and we'll end it. And if someone asks one, which will probably be at the top, Bill's going to be like, well, thanks, see you later. Um, and and uh, you know what, though? It just gives another motto. I mean, what was it? In 2014, it was we're on to Cincinnati. In 2016, I believe, or 17, it was no days off. And now it's we're getting ready for Miami. That is going to be the theme, the coin theme for the season. Every week, we're getting ready for Miami. That's because like the whole, like, we're on to Cincinnati. We're on to whoever. This is going to be, we're getting ready for Miami. We're getting ready for Dallas. We're getting ready for so-and-so. Uh... But this is just bad timing for Antonio Brown, too. Uh, whether it's true or not, not great timing for a guy who's supposed to be starting this Sunday versus Miami. Uh, <laughs> but come on, New England had to know there was going to be all this crap that was going to go with it. I don't know if they Just knew based it. on what's happened over the last couple of months. I don't know they knew this. I mean, re- this new allegation, yes, it is new. But okay. you had to know there were going to be ridiculous questions about Antonio Brown the second he signed on the dotted line. After everything that's happened over the last couple of months, how can they not expect to get peppered with ridiculous questions from the media about this guy? And how is he going to fit in with your culture? And how is he, you know, how are you going to handle this distraction? And blah, 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 blah. Because that's who Antonio Brown is. Well, that's how he's portrayed himself over the last couple of months. So if you're New England, you had to know it was coming with you. But. If there's somebody who's best suited as anybody to deflect and just stonewall all of it, it's Bill Belichick. The guy says nothing to anyone, anywhere, at least when the microphone is on. So, I mean, he's not going to crack. He's not going to fold. Yeah, no, I I would definitely agree. He won't, and and you're not going to get anything out of him. Like, the, the, the juicy details that you want, you just aren't going to get. Because if he does say, well, yeah, I did talk to him. Well, what did you talk about? It was personal. Well, did this come up? No, it's personal. Because then it would just add on to more questions. That's why he right, opens the door that yeah. they'll try to crawl through. Yeah, and they just, that's why he – so he's smart. He won't answer those questions because it's just going to lead on to more and he's not going to be able to just move on. He does bear a certain level of responsibility yes. in these press conferences to deal with media Answer questions for yes, the public. Absolutely, that's the role of being a head coach. And he's talked about those press conferences are for the fans, not for the media, because he wants to be able to send information through the media to the fans about what his thoughts are on Miami. You know what their what his thoughts are on his team's you know progression if they can execute. Uh, this situation, though, in regards to Antonio Brown, he's right. He can't comment on it. 
It's an ongoing investigation. I think, though, by saying I can't comment on it, he's taking a very broad stroke saying I can't comment on it. He is taking that to mean that everybody should understand he can't comment on anything regarding Antonio Brown. And I think that is a mistake. And okay. I think that is... That's a good point. That is, that, if that's his point of view, then that's embarrassing. No, I... Because... But, uh, but he I, look, can I comment think he'll on talk about, how does Antonio Brown incorporate into our team? Sure, if, how does the distraction of having Antonio Brown and everything that came with him affect our team? But he answered that yesterday too. Like they're like, well, yeah, there's all this distraction of you know Antonio Brown is in Pittsburgh and this in Oakland. Well, I wasn't in Pittsburgh or Oakland, so I can't say that. All right, well, there's uh, you know Moss had the same thing, but it's kind of relative. And then he'll and then he said it. He said, well. Uh, you guys well, you said, said I didn't say that. I didn't. Oh yeah, I didn't make that statement. But no, but the I guess the question was yesterday was that you know uh, is this going to be a distraction where it affects your you know team where you've had these other players and he said you guys said the same thing about Moss in 07. Um, so he did kind of actually answer that yesterday. He, I mean, when you look at the transcript. He did. Uh, today he was talking about. I mean. They're asking him about Antonio Brown's investigation in, in in this allegation case. If someone wants to say, hey, how does Antonio Brown fit into the offense? He's probably going to say something, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what he does. He's a good player. He's a big receiver, yada, yada, yada. We'll see how it goes. If someone wants to ask him, you know, how do you feel like uh, Antonio Brown's, you know, health-wise or something to that regard, he'll probably answer it. But to ask him about an ongoing investigation just is not going to get you anywhere. And by the way, the Boston media is torching Coach Belichick right now about the whole entire situation. Of course they are. Yeah. Because he didn't give them what they wanted. Yeah. Who's worse, New York or Boston media? I don't know. It's a close Thankfully, I don't pay that close attention to either one. Shame on you. To you really should. know. You really should. You'd enjoy it. you enjoy it. Eric Francis Why here. would I want to dive into a tub of negativity every day? A tub of negative of negativity. Not nakedivity. That might be something different, but negativity. <laughs> Berber. Uh, <laughs> Eric France and AJ Salves here, 106 on FM, 1390 AM, the fan. We already took our first break. We took it kind of early. Uh, so we're going to just kind of jump into the next part of this, what we want to talk about. We will get into some FIBA World Cup action. France defeats Team USA this morning, uh, which, by the way, I didn't know that game was on ESPN2 until about five minutes left in the fourth quarter. And I saw Brian Windhorst tweet it out. This game's on ESPN2. And I was like... <laughs> What? So I like flew downstairs, turned on the TV, and then that's when okay. they just faltered. So I got a whole bone to pick with this whole FIBA stuff. Like it's hard to find the games. You can't. You can only see them online, really. Yeah. Until just recently, I don't know why NBA TV hasn't worked out some deal. Yeah. As many NBA players are involved in this. Yeah. Play them at different times later in the day, so you can watch the games. Why ESPN didn't get involved until the semifinals or quarterfinals? The that, other, that's just weird. One of the bones I have to pick is why is Tom Th- Tom Thibodeau sounds like Bill Belichick at a press conference when he's broadcasting a game. <laughs> yeah, Donovan Mitchell, he's he's got to get the ball. That's a great it's just that right low there, monotone Turner. voice. And I'm like, dude, void of emotion. Okay, you know what? Do better. I like, find somebody. Get Gus to be the color analyst. Gus Johnson, we'll take that. Could you imagine? Gus doing that? Oh my god. That would be fun. Ah, Donovan! <laughs> Donovan to the hole! 
So are you in pain over there? Or was that a <laughs> Gus Johnson impersonation? I think Gus Johnson impersonation. Oh, okay. Is it impersonation? Or- impersonation? Is that what it is? That and negativity. Wait, is it then? Is that? No. Impersonation. Impersonation. That's what I said. Impersonation. Uh, we'll get into some Team USA FIBA World Cup stuff. Uh, really quickly, though, team, not team, Utah State University. Their uh, team. Their team. The Mountain West has announced the uh, men's basketball TV package with Utah State featured 20 times. 20. That is incredible. That's, you see what happens when you're a good uh, basketball team with a good roster? Uh, they will be seen on the ESPN Family Networks a total of nine times, CBS Sports Network eight times, and AT&T Sportsnet twice and Stadium once. So only three games on AT&T and Stadium. That's kind of, that kind of shocked me, Eric. Well, there's a, uh, AJ, there's a chance that more games could be played on CBS Sports Network with... Tell John Russell to go to hell. What? I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's a ch- <laughs> there's a chance that USU could be on CBS Sports Network <laughs> a few additional times. Hey, Bill Paxton, <laughs> back there, keep it quiet. <laughs> <laughs> because of the tournament down in <laughs> one of the tournaments that they have. Why are you laughing, AJ? <laughs> Uh yeah no they're uh, yeah they have a ton of games uh in Jamaica what two games in Jamaica three games in Jamaica hey and by the way how are they gonna fit two home games in December like their schedule there's there's a window there's a gap when yeah there's a gap they still have some space what I I uh, if I remember looking at the schedule right here we go here it is. I, so they don't look at the broadcast schedule. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the real schedule. 4th, 7th, 14th, 18th, and 21st. 14th, 18th, and 21st are all on the road. It's Salt Lake City's quote-unquote on the road. But San Jose State and Fresno State are at home. So you got two conference games, then a full week break before you play BYU. Are you going to play one of those games like just after you played Fresno and just before you play BYU? So they could squeeze in um, some games over the Christmas break. Home games over the Christmas break. It's possible. Uh, you could squeeze something in between Fresno and BYU. It's possible. <laughs> so, yeah, there's there are some windows. They're not big wide windows it's a pretty tight window but from what we understand it's been worked on it's already kind of known we're just not able to release it yet uh, I just that's gonna be man that's gonna be a but lot the, of basketball in December December 4th that's a Wednesday the 7th is on a Saturday BYU plays is on the 14th so you could put a game on the 11th Easily. Would you want to do that, though, then just you have after the you play Fresno, though? Another Wednesday, Saturday. Would you be okay with that, putting that just after Fresno and just before BYU? Sure. You'd be all right with that? Yeah. Depends on the opponent, ultimately, but yeah, yeah it's fine. Uh, and then you could work in a game after Christmas, the Chris, uh, December 28th-ish. I mean, it's not ideal, because you're, all the students are going to be gone. 
that's yeah, that's true. But yeah, there's there are some dates there that could work with fitting in a couple more uh, home game opportunities. Uh, here is the broadcast schedule. It goes as follows: November fifth against Montana State will be on AT and T Sports. Then the eighteenth will be on the stadium against uh, Texas of San Antonio. Uh, December 4th at San Jose State will be on ESPN2. This is weird. Fresno State's going to be on AT&T Sportsnet. I don't understand why they don't flip-flop that. Yeah, that would be more. That'd be a higher-profile matchup yeah, like between those two teams in San Jose. San Jose State State on ESPN2. I mean, it'll be a nice feature because USU will dominate and they'll look good. And yeah. National people will... At, at San Jose State, Gaga. too, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, not sure where the fans are. Uh, I have no idea. January 1st uh, at UNLV is on CBS Sports Network, as is the home game on January 4th against San Diego State. And then back to ESPN2 at, at Air Force on January 7th. Nevada at home on the 11th is on CBS Sports Network. Um, ESPN2 will have at Boise State on the 18th. 21st will be Air Force on ESPNU. Wow, they have a ton of games on ESPN University. Uh, the 25th and 28th of Colorado State at home and at Wyoming will be on ESPN University. And then at San Diego State and home against UNLV on February 1st and 5th will be on CBS Sports Network, as will the on February 11th game at Colorado State. Uh, and then February 15th at Fresno State will be on ESPN2. ESPN3 will have February 19th home against Wyoming. ESPN2 will have a home against San Jose State on the 25th. On the 29th at New Mexico, that will be on CBS Sports Network. If you need to find that schedule, you can go to Utah State Aggies. You can go to CashValleyDaily.com. And go to CashValleyDaily.com. Do you guys have it? Yes. Okay, well, I didn't know that. I didn't know that you had already been so quick to the trigger to post it. Yeah, yeah. So They post stuff live all the time. Good for you. On that site. I do. Agree. Not just a few days a week anymore, just every day. Oh, dude, Ooh. don't do oh, that. Oh, wow. That was, that was a sh- People's was livelihoods shot. at stake there, man. They have families. Rod does a great job of posting everything live. Hey, that's, we do what we do. They, <laughs> you know what? I can't believe you said that. Shame on you, uh, Eric. Other people Shame can't on do you. what they do. I'm sorry. Shame we do what on we do. you. Uh, hey, when you look at the Utah State men's basketball TV broadcast schedule, what's the first thing that stands out to you? Is it is it the amount? For me, it's the amount of ESPN games that are on there. The broadcast schedule yeah. specifically? Yeah, sorry. Um, you know, It's a little deceiving when you see on the ESPN family of networks a total of nine times. That's a little deceiving because yeah. sometimes they're on ESPN3 or on ESPNU, which have very low viewership. But when people hear ESPN, they think the flagship, they think the mothership. But Utah State does not have one game on ESPN. And the way they've put this together, it could be on ESPN2, but it also could be on ESPNU. So distribution, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's it's great to have it on these national type networks, um, but it's not quite as what it might seem. It really depends on how well Utah State does. If they're looking like they're going to be a good program, again, you'll see them on ESPN too, on these two slash U games that are identified. Um, but uh, what this does show me, what jumps out to me, is not one particular game or one particular matchup but what it shows and what it illustrates is what people are believing about this Utah State basketball program now that it's a fun brand of basketball high energy coach good basketball 
very competitive team and that they're going to be worth putting on a national stage multiple times. So, yeah, best of luck uh, to USU. I mean, you're going to have the opportunity, so go make the most of it. Uh, I did. You know what? You brought up a great point, Eric. I never We didn't get a chance to ask you yesterday as you were absent, but what did you think about the schedule itself when you looked at it? Do you have a chance to look at it yet? Yeah. Um, so the the uh, the number of games that they have on in neutral sites, that yeah. really jumps yeah. out to me. Uh, that, that another one was just added just the other day, playing down in Houston. Um, but they got to go up against some really notable teams like LSU, St. Mary's. Um, and so they, they also have these other games that are going to be played in, in neutral sites, being able to play down in, in Jamaica, uh, being down in uh, Vivint Smart Home Arena, going down to Texas to play in uh, the uh, Houston Center, going to play this game against Florida, University of Florida. So the, those really stand out as opportunities to play in different venues, neutral site stuff, uh, it prepares the team for what happens in March uh, and hopefully early April. Um, I, I agree with you. I think the amount, I think Craig Smith and co has, has done a great job of scheduling this year. It's a really fun schedule. It's entertaining both at home and on the road. Uh, they have some good, they have some winnable games to start the year to kind of ease them into the season. And then it gets really, uh, it kind of gets into the thick of it. You got Weber set on November 8th. Um, and then you head to Jamaica on November 22nd. You play LSU in North Texas, and then you're and then right after that, you're at St. Mary's in California just five days later. And then five days later after that, you're in conference play. It's just, it, that's amazing to me. I mean, it is all over the place, but it is like nonstop. It, it, it is different it, how the no Mountain West is doing their scheduling. Yeah. That's, a, that's new. Uh, I think um, that's going to take some getting used to, I think to start Mountain West play and then all of a sudden take a break and do some other games and then get back into it again. Because um, after they play San Jose and Fresno, then they got a rivalry game. Then they go into at a neutral site. They go to another neutral site to play South Florida. And then they go and do another neutral site um, to take on Florida. So <laughs> it's like bang, 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 and yeah. all of a sudden you're back into conference play again. So that that's a lot of travel in December for the Aggies. Couldn't agree more. All right, we're going to take a break. Coming back, Team USA falls to France in this morning's uh, quarterfinal World Cup match. They will take on Serbia. They were supposed to take on Serbia, but not for a fifth-place game. We'll tell you what happened today against France and why how it all went wrong. It's Eric France and Ajay Salveson. On 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It's the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Don't let your life pass you by. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. It's uh, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Here on September 11th, 4.46 p.m., your time here in the first hour is flying by. Uh, I know we were going to talk Team USA. We'll actually push that into the 5 o'clock hour because there's a lot to get into. Uh, Eric, you've actually found some audio on, from both Gobert and Mitchell. Uh, some juicy yeah, I was audio. Gonna say, there's some humorous audio in there, too. Uh, and some Ken- really in- interesting stuff from Pop, too. Popovich. There's always interesting stuff from Popovich, <laughs> man. There's never he a He and Coach moment. Belichick must, like, share notes sometimes. On how to do a press conference. Yes. 
Uh, so let, let, let's get into this. This is actually a pretty cool story. You found this, Eric. Why don't you go ahead and kick it off here? Okay, so you may have seen some of this over the last couple of days. U.S. Open just concluded. Mm-hmm. Big tennis tournament in New York. And Bianca Andreescu won the whole thing. She's only 19 years old, and she took down Serena Williams doing it. And uh, big deal, big news, certainly in Canada. So she's, she's a native Canadian. She's from Ontario. And uh, she's just all excited about all the, the, the fame that's coming with it and all the people that are reaching out. Uh, apparently, a lot of fellow Canadian celebrities have reached out to congratulate her in various different forms, like Shania Twain, uh, Justin Trudeau, Steve Nash, uh, the Toronto Raptors as a whole, the Maple Leafs as a team. <laughs> but one person she really, really wanted to hear from was Drake, the rapper, Drake. And oh, Drake messaged me, by the way. <laughs> He's like... Wait, let me read it. I'm actually having a conversation with him. This is unreal. (laughs) He's like, here I am, smiley face. Congrats. We are all so proud of you. I've been liking every post with you in it, LOL. I thought you'd see. (laughs) I didn't. I was barely on social media. I was just posting things, but... Yeah, that was cool. That was I don't even know what to reply to that. Uh, it's going to take me a while. I, he has the scene message? <laughs> don't worry, I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer. Yeah, I can't R-bomb him. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to say that. Don't leave him on read, Bianca. Don't you dare leave him on read. You better respond back. Uh, kind of a cool story. I, imagine that, man. You're just this regular teenage girl, right? Just... Playing professional tennis. Just tell us about your time when you were a teenage girl, AJ. Just take us back to those moments and help us get in that mindset of what Bianca is going through. As a celebrity myself, <laughs> at the very young age that I was, look, you didn't have anybody jumping up and down chanting your name during a homecoming football game while you were on the field, did you? No. No, you didn't. I did. No. It's true. And I'm, I'm, I mean, so yes, I dealt with celebritism at a very young age. So I would know. Now, uh, did Drake text me? No, I was kind of ticked, actually. Okay, but she's 19 years old. She's the first teenager to win uh, the, uh, the U.S. Open in like 13 years. But you have all these celebrities starting to reach out That's to you. That's the thing. That's, That's, I mean, you would go that be from enough? being a normal teenage girl to all of a sudden, oh, Hold on, Drake's texting me. Let just give me two minutes here. And 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 I saw I finally saw the video and the look on her face was like, oh my She is gosh. on cloud nine. Like, wow, like girls, girls, he's like <laughs> texting me. Like, oh my gosh, like what should I say? <gasps> <gasps> okay, so if you if you had a personal, like, big accomplishment, uh who would make you just go crazy like she did? What celebrity, if they reached out to you to congratulate you on your accomplishment, would you just go nuts over? Uh, two people. Tom Brady, Michael Jordan. And maybe, no, 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 maybe. Rihanna for sure. Rihanna, if you're listening to me, will you marry me? Okay, anyways, go ahead. 
Uh, so why those three? Well, Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback in NFL history, and I've always, I've always, I, I look, I fell in love with watching Tom Brady play football. Uh, like the like the cool, calm, and collectiveness of in that first Super Bowl game. Like I, I started copying him. Like whenever I was playing flag football and quarterback, I'd copy everything he did, footwork, throwing, all that stuff. And Michael Jordan, dude, we were, we were young. I watched him. I like. I mean, I'll take Michael Jordan overseeing John Stockton. I'll take Michael Jordan overseeing the President of the United States. I'll take Michael Jordan over a lo- probably over Tom Brady, actually. Uh, just, I mean, he was the one that made basketball fun to watch. He changed the game. He's the greatest to ever do it. Uh, and, dude, and just like his swag on the court was incredible. Yeah, Michael Jordan would be amazing to hear from. Let me guess. Yours is like Jerry Seinfeld and I don't know. Uh, Tom Hanks is that is that what yours is? That would be cool to get calls from either of those guys. That would be awesome. But I would also uh, I think it would be fun <laughs> just to, to see just to hear him on the other line or what he might type <laughs> that, if it was uh, Carl Malone. <laughs> Carl, of course. Carl Malone. That would be so cool. Okay, so that's an athlete. Give me like a actor or actress that you'd like to hear from or a singer. Oh, Tom Hanks would be awesome. I mean, that guy has done. <laughs> So much in movies, Academy Awards and everything. And I think he would be genuine, or at least he would make it sound like he's genuine. <laughs> he'd, pretty, he'd fake it till he make a, it. He's a good actor. <clears throat> no. uh, Colby, uh, at Mountain Cranch on Twitter, said uh, Bubba Watson is the one oh, for Bubba's him. Bubba's a good one. Uh, I like Bubba. What celebrity would get you giddy if they reached out to you after a major accomplishment? And he said Bubba Watson. Huh. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, you know who else I think would be cool? George W. Bush. That would be awesome. I'd be okay Just with that Just in his Texas one. accent? Dude, that would be okay. Way to go there. Uh, Mar- Way to go there, Eric. Margaret Thatcher. Would you be made an- us proud. Margaret Thatcher would be another one for me. Margaret Thatcher? Yeah. Okay, give me Just a... Just because of her British accent? Yes. Or what? Yeah, and she's the queen. Uh, give me a... She's fi- not the queen. Isn't she the queen? <laughs> no, she was the prime minister. Yeah, that's the queen. Okay, <laughs> no. give give me a fictional character, a, a not true character, that if like they were to text you, you'd be like, oh my heck. A fictional character? Yeah. Uh, Tony Stark. Ooh, good one. I like that one. Um, <sighs> Jason Bourne. Wow. Jason Bourne. Hey, take five paces to your left, 20 to your right. Kneel down, tie your shoe. Now take the phone out of your pocket. What does it say? Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> that would probably be just how he would do that. <laughs> Make sure no one's watching. All right, we got to take a break. Coming back, we'll wrap it up and get you ready for the second hour. we got a lot coming on. Uh, we'll get you into Utah State football keys going into uh, the bye, or I guess as they are ending their bye week, but getting ready for San Diego State. And uh, we'll also talk FIBA World Cup tournament. I got my movie quiz. It's a good one. I'm going to like it. Speaking of Southern accents, that's all coming up. Eric France and Hot Jay Salveson on 106 on FM 1390 AM. Don't give me that look. Stop it. I will not give you that look anymore, AJ. I promise. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. That September day, were you in the yard? Andre Salveson, Eric Franson. 
Uh, we got about 50 seconds left here before we get ready for the second hour again. Team USA falls to France. Go ahead. Hey, I just want to say mad props to all of our first responders, all of our people who go out there and, and defend our rights every day at home, at home and abroad. Firefighters, police officers, sometimes they get a bad rap in some communities. Thankfully, we've got great uh, force here, uh, great people who protect us and keep us safe in so many different ways. And today's a good reminder to uh, give shout outs to them because they definitely deserve it on a very sobering day. Certainly remember where I was when it all happened. But uh, thank you for all of your service and keeping us safe. Heroes who died just doing what they do. Did you look up to heaven for some kind of answer?